Welcome to the Daily Bible Podcast, the show intended to help you get more out of your everyday time in the Word. This is a ministry of Compass Bible Church in North Texas, and if you'd like to join along with our daily Bible reading program, you can do so by going to compassntx.org and clicking on the Daily Bible Reading tab. Thanks for joining in for today's episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. Happy Monday. Yo. Yo. It's I'm, Monday. I'm probably still asleep, bro. So On today? Yes. At this time? You know, after the retreat this last weekend with yeah, the students, true. man, I'm, I'm, yes, I don't even know what I said yesterday. I uh, was just mumbling. I don't yeah. even know what I said. You don't even know. I, was I singing in worship? I don't know. I, I, I would imagine so. Otherwise, I think there'd be a problem. Not, well, yeah, but I don't know. I'm, yeah. I made it through, I'm sure. Yeah. By the grace of God, go I. Yeah. This past weekend, you kind of had to jump in and come to the rescue, didn't you, for one of our songs? <laughs> oh, dude. Crazy. So we, yeah, we started singing the song and the, the microphone for Angelo was just not working. It just was off. Just stopped out yeah. of nowhere. So yeah, I was like, uh, hello, what's going on? And then I realized that there was something askew. So I was like, dude, let me just jump in on this you thing. You did. Started mouthing the lyrics, throwing it out there like yep. nothing had ever happened. It was a good, it was a good save. It was a good save. I, it was, I, it was not seamless for yeah. sure. And then remember when we were closing the service and yep. then you prayed and yep. you're like, so <laughs> there's an art to this where you guys, as you pray somebody up or down off stage and, and Pastor Rod even does it for me when I'm going up to preach, he'll sometimes extend and I, and I can tell when I'm like fumbling with my iPad or trying to get it open and get my notes set or whatever. And, and just keep going and yeah, you're, you're trying to help whoever is up next because so you don't want dead air in a service. That, that's a bad thing when, yeah. when nobody's quite sure what's happening. And, and that was on me because... <laughs> We, yeah, we typically have an agreement at the service time end, but I just thought, man, that, that song was going to be a good closer. So that was funny. Our, our team wasn't expecting it. And then I ended the prayer too soon. And Pastor Rod was like trying to get his, his cord plugged yet. in. I was still trying to get my and it ears. Was like, <laughs> oh, yes. That was so bad, man. It was, it was uh, like amateur hour, man, at Compass North Texas. I, I was like, okay, well, we're getting better every day. Yeah. Every week yeah. we're getting better. But I don't think we've had any TSFs, total song failures. No, not yet. Yeah. I mean, hopefully never. But right. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised. If I had some one. of those in my past. I've had some TSFs. Yeah. Where you're well, just like, okay, we got to stop. Like, give, there's no, we can't recover this. Most embarrassing one. Tell us the one that oh, people man. would be delighted to know. I don't know. I probably the mo- the one that I regret the most was not a, a worship situation. It was a communion situation. I decided to sing a song during the the passing of the elements. Okay. And uh, it was the song Prodigal Me by Shane and Shane, which is a great song. But then afterwards, I had people come up to me and they're like, yeah, it would have been better just to do something <laughs> instrumental. It was distracting. <laughs> I was like, yeah, noted. M- multiple people came and told you, hey, well, next time? Just one person please. did. Okay. But well, that, yeah, okay, that's I normal. Think she was kind of like the matriarch of the church, if you know uh, what I'm saying. Like, She held all the cards. Yeah, like you didn't want to irk her. Yeah. And uh, I think right. I did. Okay, well, that's, she had been that stinks, irked. man. Yeah. That does stink. It does. It does. Yeah. But, oh, well, it happens. Learning it does. Learning experiences. Learning is painful and also enjoyable when people hear about your pain. <laughs> yes. <laughs> people yeah. like hearing stories. I wonder if that'll be a thing in heaven, if we're going to, in the new earth, be able to be like, okay, so what was your most embarrassing thing that you did on earth? Like, and I pro- Yeah, let me just show that. you here. Let me just pull it up on the screen here. I mean, yeah. I don't know if there's going to be screens in heaven, but something like... Boom, like a thought bubble, but yeah. a real one. Yeah. Like, let me just show you. Here, here's this time when this happened. That'd be fun. Yeah. I mean, so long as it didn't involve sin, right? I don't. So, okay, let's talk about that. Okay. People suggest that in heaven, you will have no recollection of sin. And I don't, I don't think that can be the case. I, I don't think that's possible. Yeah. I, 
I would say I think our the very fact that you know I think I mentioned it a couple episodes ago that the, the gospel is going to be our main fuel for worship in heaven and, right, and the gospel right. necessitates that we understand sin. Otherwise we won't appreciate the gospel. Yeah. Even, I think even remember it though, even remember. I, so I don't think God performs lobotomies on us. I think it's more like, Hey, you have a sanctified understanding now of all that this meant. Yeah. And, but th- without, and therefore, but without regret. Right. I, yeah. No, so no pain, no tears. No, yeah. I, I would say that you would have to have such a perspective on it. That would change your relationship to the event. And perhaps even stoke and inflame the glory and praise that you give to Jesus, because his his hands will still be scarred, and he'll still have the nails and all those things. Right, uh, the nail the nail scarred hands that is. I, I think that will help deepen our worship for him and, and not cheapen it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, maybe we'll have the full understanding of Romans eight one. There's no condemnation for those in Christ. Well, even the things that happen to us, I think. I mean, as when you're a victim of something mm-hmm. bad, I don't think you would not know that. You would know it with a renewed perspective. That's my contention. I think knowing that will help deepen my love for Christ. All right. That's fair. Yeah, I can get there. I can get there. Right on. Yeah, well, let's get to uh, the Bible. Let's get to Genesis 48 through 50. Let's do it. Yeah. Finishing up the book of Genesis. Uh, Genesis 48, we have Ephraim, Ephraim and Ephraim, 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 and Manasseh. Uh, we've got both of them. And uh, here, Jacob formally adopts these two. And uh, since they had been born to an Egyptian woman, I think this is a, a ceremony wherein uh, he's really bringing them into his, his own. And uh, they will actually become two of the tribes that are going to populate the, uh, the promised land. And they're going to be the, the half tribes. And uh, Ephraim would be one of the ones that is, is the strongest amongst all of them, in the north at least, and will become the one that, uh, that represents the northern tribes as uh, God refers to, to the northern tribes so often in the scriptures as uh, the people of Ephraim. And so this is uh, this is another element of God's kindness, though. We talked about that yesterday in the uh, the podcast, where you have him, the, the father that is God, allowing Jacob uh, to see J- not only Joseph, but Joseph's sons. Uh, and that's another example of God's mercy, God's grace, God's kindness in the life of this man. That's right. <laughs> I agree. Hard-hitting commentary here on the <laughs> so, podcast. I don't have much yeah. to say about that. Yeah, there's, know, not, there's not much more there's there. Not, yeah, I didn't really... I, I, yeah. There's things there. So the, the eyesight issue, it, here, here's, here's the thought. Let, yep. me, let me ask you this question. Okay. Um, in verse 8, yep. it says, when Israel saw Joseph's son, so he sees them uh-huh. percepti- perceptively, he said, who are these? Right. Okay, you just saw them. Why are you asking who are these? So you can say, okay, maybe it's his eyesight. That the next verse I think says, okay, it's his eyesight was getting bad. Yeah. But I'm wondering if maybe it's it's the customary, like it's a custom legal ceremony kind of thing where he's utilizing a covenant kind of language to say, okay, and, and it's like when you say, and who gives this man to this woman? Right. Like you don't you don't not know that answer. You well, know typically we ask who gives this woman to this man, but <laughs> also yeah, the other way around too works. <laughs> yes. Yeah, I both. Let's do both. Why don't Why don't we do? Aren't we Aren't you an egalitarian? Didn't you say something like that? Ah, uh, no. Okay. Yeah. Well, you get the idea, though. Yeah, the, I'm the wording. So I, I'm wondering yeah. if that's taking place here, rather than just being an eyesight situation. And also, did he ask Joseph? Did he? Was he like, dude? Can I? Can I? Can, can I, I adopt your can kids? I have your kids? Yeah. I don't. No. Re- I didn't see that there. So I'm just thinking. I hope Joseph is on board with this. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, yeah. And, and also, remember, Joseph wasn't recognized by his brothers because he had adapted the Egyptian appearance and everything. So it's possible that these two boys were likewise uh, those that that looked to be Egyptian. Um, and maybe that's one of the reasons why he okay. was like, okay, who that's are these possible. kids? Yeah. yeah I, I don't know. Maybe, I think that he would have known his, his grandkids and 
Yeah, that's true. That's true. You knew yeah. That. yeah. Well, verse four, uh, one more thing to note. Again, the re- repetition of the promise of land and offspring. And so this is, again, another point that these are two of the key cogs of the Abrahamic covenant, land and offspring. Offspring will ultimately be fulfilled in the person of Jesus, but the land we are still sitting back, waiting, watching, and, and trusting that God is going to provide that final fulfillment of that promise for Israel in the future still. Yeah, the Abrahamic covenant is really the controlling covenant for the entire of the scripture, the entirety of the scripture. Yep. Uh, every other covenant sits beneath or yeah, beneath it. Yep. Uh, the Davidic covenant where you have the seed. You even just heard Pastor PJ say this. The seed ultimately is resolved or realized in Jesus Christ. Yeah. So Abrahamic covenant, man, that is the governing mechanism for how we read basically everything in the text without being covenantalists, yeah. I might add. That's true. Yeah, because dispensationalists don't deny the covenant. We don't. We don't. In fact, we take it very seriously right. to the point of saying God is yet to fulfill it to the way that he's promised it. Right, right. Well, hey, uh, chapter 49 then, these are, uh, this is the, the, the final blessing that comes from Israel to his sons. And uh, there's a couple of things worth note in here. The, the first being that Reuben, who is the firstborn, he's not going to be the, the, the chief. He's not going to be the one that receives the blessing of the Bummer, firstborn. man. Yeah, because of what? Be- because of the sin, because he went up to his father's concubine. And, and that's found out there. And uh, that's revealed. And, and Israel knew that. Why did he do that? The flesh. I mean, you think right? it was just a matter of like he just really liked just her? stupidity. Yeah, I, yeah. Okay. I, we don't know, right? We're left to speculation. We don't. We, that's the thing. For so many of these, we don't know much about them. We know yeah. some about some of them, like Joseph. We know some about Joseph. We still right. don't know a ton about Joseph, but we know enough about Joseph to be like he was a righteous guy. Right. Judah. We know a, more about Judah than we do about Reuben. Although we still don't know much about Judah either, but we know that mm-hmm. this was a, a, mm-hmm. the promised line for Christ. Yeah. So we don't know. Um, Simeon and Levi, we mentioned this, I think, but, uh, we got quite a few comments and things and emails about this, but, uh, they're rebuked for their actions in response to Dinah's rape. And so they are not brought into the promised land. That stinks. Or Although, that, I mean, they're, they're brought into the promised land. They're not, they won't receive the blessing either. But Levi eventually is made the chief of the Levitical priesthood. Of the priesthood, right. Like he, it's from his line that, the, which is that thought alone, bro, just, I, I'm so, I'm shocked. Yeah. I'm shocked. Like God says, you know, I'm going to take Levi and I'm going to make him his tribe, one of the religious leaders of the nation of Israel. Yeah. Bonkers. Like I would never have guessed that. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't that crazy? It is. I, I'm shocked. I don't know. Why are you not shocked? This You expected this. No, I just, I, I still, I still struggle with, I, I think the way they went about what they did was wrong. And, the, and that's clear here that, that they acted out of their anger, that this was not righteous indignation. But the people they wiped out were Canaanites. And Israel's going to go back into the promised land under Joshua and wipe out a lot of Canaanites under God's direction. Sure. So I don't think that, that, the, that the, the heartbreaking grief here is over the fact that they destroyed this, this people. This people were going to be under the judgment of God. Um, and so I, I, I think we even got some comments on that. Well, they, they took out innocent people. No, they didn't. There are no, there aren't innocent people. Innocent people, in regards to these, are people that didn't perpetuate the crime against Dinah, but these were enemies of God who are ultimately going to fall under the judgment of God. Right. So, yeah, I think the 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 maybe the impetuousness um, and the 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 lack of of righteous indignation was con- condemnable, as as we find here. But I don't take issue as much with the action itself. I think it's important at this in this period of time, like they they had not been given, they weren't the under go. the instruction, right? They'd not been right. given the go, and that's yet. true. So I think it's important to recognize that 
I think what they did is entirely wrong. I just can't get around that, especially with this fair. rebuke yeah. here. Yeah. But to to one point in your on your side here, when Phineas, the son of Eliezer, remember this one in number right. twenty five. Yep. He gets upset because there's Israelites who are, or is one in particular Israelite who is uh, putting to bed a woman who's not an Israelite. Right. He's flaunting it. Phineas goes and takes a spear and spears them both while they're in the act. Right. And God is pleased by that act. He, he he's not like, what are you doing? This is a bad thing. You should have, you know. You know, you should have rebuked them in love first, and then, you know, he doesn't do that. God right. is pleased with that. In fact, Phineas stays God's hand of judgment because of that act. So there is a time and a place where godly, uh, righteous indignation is honorable. Right. I don't think this is one of those times, though. And, and that's fair. But Or remember Agag, right? When uh, in, in 1 Samuel, when the king of the Amalekites, who wasn't wiped out by Saul, and he was under the, Saul was under the instruction, destroy everything. Don't don't keep anything alive. And he leaves the king alive. And Samuel comes up and he's like, what's going on? What are you doing, man? And Samuel in his 80s takes Agog and hacks him to pieces. And, uh, and That's a man I don't want to mess with. It's a commendable act on his part there. So all that to say, I, I, I think we got to be careful. This was a godless nation who is worshiping false gods and they're, they are, are depraved. and So ultimately not innocent. Ultimately in, not innocent. In the objective sense. Right. Innocent in that they were not the ones committing the act against Dinah, but they are not innocent. ultimately innocent. Right, and, and that's so important, and, and we're going to get there, no obviously. Right, and, and that's so important for us when we get to that to the conquest, and we're going to get there eventually. And, and that's, that's a huge problem that a lot of people have with the Bible, and that's a huge reason why people will say the God of the Old Testament is different than the God of the New Testament. Yeah, capricious, right. and maniacal. And, and he was genocide, and you'll get all of these labels and terms thrown. But here we have to remember God's holiness and man's sinfulness and the, the people that are destroyed and wiped out were not innocent. And did they have an opportunity? Yeah, they had an opportunity to come to know the God of Israel. Look at what, what happens when Joshua goes in to, to take the, the, the promised land to begin with in Jericho and you've got Rahab and Rahab's in the walls of Jericho and, and the spies come and they, and what's Rahab's response? We've heard, we know, right? So, we got to be careful not to make out make God out to be this this cruel oppressor who is evil and wicked for executing justice. He is a God of justice, and it's up to him, and it's his priority, it's his prerogative to decide when that justice is met. That said, to your point, and I think it's well taken, that instruction had not been given to Israel yet, and so I, I do agree with that that assessment. Yeah. As we keep going in this list, then we get to Judah and Judah's worth uh, some extra ink on the page. And he gets that because Judah is going to be the one that is going to produce the rulers and the kings. So Judah cool. is going to be the one so that, cool. that produces the Messiah. Uh, and there's a, a, a quite a bit in this context here. Judah is a lion's cub. The lion was the the, the kingly animal, the, the king of the jungle. We even call the, the lion the king of the jungle today. But um, Verse 10, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor the ruler's staff from between his feet, nor uh, or until, rather, tribute comes to him. Uh, another way to, to look at that or translate that is until he comes to whom it belongs. Uh, and so the idea there is that ultimately the, the, the rulership, the, the line of kings is going to end in one king that's going to just rule forever and ever and ever. That, that, mm. is, that staff is going to be passed to that king, and it's not going to need to be passed on to anyone else. And so Judah's line terminates in the messianic king that's going to rule without end there. Fully realized there. But what about uh, Saul? He's from the tribe of Benjamin. Right. Right. And and, and that was God's response to uh, his people coming to him and asking for a king that was not necessarily in accordance with his decreed timeline. Well, right. his decreed timeline, but uh, not not in accordance with his his will, his desired the will desired, at the time. Yeah, yeah. I got gotcha. you. 
So uh, he gave them a king like they wanted, which was aberration, right? It was their king. It wasn't his king. Right. Which was, and that's meant to be that contrast there. Right. And even in the the lineage. So yeah. Verse 11, he's going to be a king who uh, is going to be a a king of wrath and justice. We were just talking about that, but look at verse 11. He has washed his garments in wine and his vesture in the blood of grapes. Nobody would ever do that. And so what in the world is he talking about there? Well, he's talking about the fact that his, his vestments, his clothes are going to be stained with 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 red and and what does that come from? Well, we get the imagery later on in the scriptures of the messianic king uh, treading the wine press of the wrath of God, and so I think we get a glimpse of that even here in uh, in Genesis forty nine. Uh, 49.16, then you've got uh, the reference to Dan. And, and one unique thing about Dan, Dan is going to produce Samson, who we're going to f- read about later on in the, the scriptures. And so some of these tribes were going, okay, again, who is this and, and what do they matter? Well, one of the guys that comes from Dan is Samson. And Samson will play a significant role in Israel's history as well. Anything more on the the blessings here with the the sons and before we move on? Uh, no, I, I mean, some of these, some, there's a, there's a bit of mystery in some of these uh, yeah. about, okay, you know, what are we supposed to do with, uh, for instance, uh, I'm looking here and Zebulun, Zebulun isn't actually technically by the sea. Uh, so what, what's happening there and what does God intend by that prophecy? Um, is that maybe yet to be fulfilled? Perhaps there's a, there's a future for them where they will be on the sea. So there's a, there's a bit of mystery here. So as you're reading right. through, keep your study Bible nearby, but just hold some of these things somewhat loosely. There's a few that we could be confident about. Judah, that one's pretty easy, but some of these other ones, like, ah, okay, we'll, we'll see. Right, right, for sure. Well, Genesis 49, 33, then we get the death of Israel, the death of Jacob. When Jacob finished commanding his sons, he drew up his feet into his bed and breathed his last and was gathered to his people. Uh, Joseph weeps, and there's quite the uh, the procession here. In fact, chapter 50 gets into that, verses 1 through 14, just the burial of Jacob. And there's an overlap here of both the Egyptian and the Israelite uh, mourning practices here. The, the, the whole people of Egypt mourn as well. And that has more to do with Joseph than it does with Israel. Uh, they they honor Joseph in this, and so they're grieving the loss that uh, the Joseph has undergone here. Uh, but then Joseph says, "Hey, can I go and, and bury my my father?" And and he's given permission, and so he takes him and he buries him uh, there in back in the the promised land. Um, then we get back to uh, Egypt here and Joseph's brothers are now afraid and they're thinking, oh man, this is not going to go well. Maybe Joseph kept us alive for the sake of our dad, but now he's gone. What's going to happen? And this is the the famous uh, line from Joseph's life where he says, what you meant for evil, verse 20, uh, against me, God meant it for good to bring about that many people should be kept alive as they are today. Just amazed again by Joseph's perspective. Um, Grace, mercy, kindness from Joseph here, and a, a trust in God and a confidence in God's sovereignty. So, uh, yeah, th- this is something that is, this is not an easy mindset to have. And I know I think this is sometimes one that's that's tossed around along with Romans eight twenty eight as like the the band aid to anybody that's no. that's suffering. Hey, you know I know they meant it for evil, but God's going to make this good. Romans eight twenty eight. Right, right, and and, and that's uh, th- that's true. That's true. It's appropriate. It's time. Right. But uh, when we need to weep with those who weep, we we may need to wait on that counsel while we grieve with those who grieve. A and, wise word indeed. Yeah. Joseph gets there and he's gotten there, but he it's not like Judah is going up to Joseph, putting his arm around Joseph, going, hey, Joe, you know, it's, it's okay. <laughs> it's fine. It's okay. God's- We're talking decades here. Right. Decades of maturity, decades of humbling, decades of suffering. I right. Mean, Joseph went through the ringer. He did. Uh, there is no such thing as easy bait Christianity. Like we just, we just have to be patient with God's 
refining hand. And that's true yeah. for you and for me and for everybody who listens to this podcast. Yeah. More often it's shake and bake Christianity. <laughs> shake and we're, bake. We're, we're being shaken. <laughs> oh man. That's right. I look forward to the kingdom that can be shaken by the way. Yeah. <laughs> Amen to that. Well, in Genesis fifty twenty six, Joseph then dies. So we're at the end of Joseph's life. He's 110 years old. So he dies at uh, that average age of the Egyptians there. And he's buried there in Egypt, but he also makes the Israelites swear that they're going to take him with them when they return to the promised land. And, and here you see God's or Joseph's confidence that God is going to bring them back. He's confident in God's future for his people. And he makes the Israelites swear, hey, bring me back. And when they leave Egypt, we'll see that they, they fulfill that. They do that. And so uh, these, these final chapters in Exodus or in, in Genesis are, are all really about the, the future of God's people, that he is he's sovereign and Joseph understood that looking back and he understood that looking forward. He knew that, uh, that God had worked all things for good to that point and he knew going forward that God was going to bring his people back to the promised land. And that's true for Joseph. It's true for us too. So yeah, it's not that Band-Aid that we, we want to throw out there when we don't know what to say. Sometimes we just need to shut up and listen and, and weep with those who weep. But other times, you know, for us individually, we need to have that abiding confidence that God is in control of these things. Genesis in the books. In the books. An exciting finish, our second book of the year. Well done. If you're doing if you're doing this with us for the first time, we are so excited you're for you. You're two for two. This is great. This you're is doing awesome. a great job. You're Good on job. the right you're on the right path. You're gonna love this. And End of the year. You're gonna be so excited. Keep reading your Bibles and Don't join stop. us tomorrow as we start a brand new book. Don't stop. Can't stop, won't stop. The Genesis of Exodus tomorrow. Oh, okay. See Bye. you then. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast. We hope and pray this has been a blessing to you and your time in the Word. If it has, if you would subscribe to this podcast, leave a like, leave a comment, and share it with some friends and family, that would be awesome. If you need more information about Compass Bible Church here in North Texas, you can go to compassntx.org. Again, that's compassntx.org. And we'll be back with you tomorrow for another episode of the Daily Bible Podcast.